Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's been practicing social distancing for years, it's Sifpop. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. <laughs> Patrons get those perks. Oh, I'm, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he is the nanite in the blood of this podcast. It's Andrew Ormsby. And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Andrew, you may have left some sort of filter on your microphone, man. Oh, no. I've got to turn that off. Is this better? That's that's much better. That's much better. Yay! Uh, welcome <laughs> to the uh, the social distancing edition of Sif Pop, which will probably be going on here for a few weeks. Uh, like most of the United States of America, we are practicing healthy social distancing and isolation in hopes to flatten the curve, as they say, uh, so that uh, COVID nineteen uh, doesn't affect any more people than it are uh, already has or is going to. Um, so it is a little bit different here, and in our member pre-show, we chatted a little bit about some of the things we're thinking about doing uh, in the future, because movie theaters are closed. They're not yep. letting people in, so, yep. you know, we can't go see movies. <laughs> that's uh, that's actually our only do we care for the week, so there's a little teaser for uh, <laughs> later this week, later in this episode. Um, so we're making do, uh, we do thanks to the miracle of modern technology, have the ability to record from separate places. Um, and the amazing producer, Phil will piece that all together for you so that we can continue to have a podcast. And we do have movies that we have seen for this week. So we will be reviewing, uh, the hunt as well as uh, bloodshot. Uh, so we'll be reviewing both of those movies this week. Uh, however, in the coming weeks, we'll have to be a little more creative, uh, about our reviews. And so we're uh, kind of considering some things, uh, some ways that maybe our our Sif Pop members can choose some of the things we might review in the upcoming weeks. Um, so if you are a Sif Pop member, again, you'll want to check out your members only pre-show for information on that or hit up the membership site at patreon.com slash Pop and kind of get the info there. And we'll just go from there. We'll all get through this together. You know, it's it's. Yeah. It happened so fast, man. It was just one of those things. It was like overnight it felt like, oh, this is something that might affect us to, oh, everybody stay inside. Yeah. Uh, I I was a fool the other day, and I started watching uh, Contagion because it was on Hulu. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's kind of relevant now. And then I rewatched it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is horrible. <laughs> not, not horrible. I mean, it's a great movie, but like... Uh, the effect it'll have on your psyche whenever you're living in something obviously not as terrible as what goes on in the movie but your mind makes it that horrible now yeah well it's incredible to look back at that movie from nine years ago and go oh that that's exactly what's happened like it's the like they even talk talk about social distancing in that movie like they even use that phrase it's yeah it's pretty spectacular stuff Ooh. Wow, it's just it it still hits you in waves like like you've never lived through anything like this mm-hmm. and like oh is this what it was like for people whenever uh, uh e- e- not Ebola but uh <clears throat> some of the major like contagions throughout uh, history yeah the like last the bubonic plague or uh, yeah what's the one like back in the 1930s that we always get shots for now. Yeah, the, or should get shots for. There was the I think the Spanish flu was the last uh big one. Um yeah. I if I'm remembering correctly, but yeah, yep, yep. I mean, the good news is again that technology makes it a little bit easier to uh combat these things and also that this isn't such a uh an aggressive strain that the mortality rate isn't higher than it is. But it's still, you know, uh, you know, very dangerous, especially for certain age groups. And anything we can do to stop the spread, we're we're gonna continue to try to do it. Yep. We're on. We're on team. Beat COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah. 
bad COVID. As bad a, COVID. As opposed to being on Team COVID-19, whoever those people are, shame on you. Woo! Go uh, COVID! <laughs> it's not even funny. All right, uh, we are going to have a Get good time. We, that's true. Fair point. Um, my actions uh, denied my words. Um, we are... <laughs> We are going to uh, have some uh, some buried treasure at the end. We've got a best ever challenge that we're going to get to, and as I mentioned, the couple reviews we're going to do. Uh, but let's kick it off with some do we care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I try to pick some topics for us to discuss. And we must decide do we care or not. But uh, there's really only one big thing to talk about, and that's number one: movie theaters are shutting down. Yeah. Our, the whole the lifeblood of this podcast, Aaron, and it's gone. <laughs> you know, there's a lot to talk about with this, right? Because it's not... That's why we only have one topic. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different angles to go. And, of course, there have been announcements uh, from... I think Universal was the first to come out and say, Hey, uh, Invisible Man, um, The Hunt, which we're talking about today, and Emma... I think um, all available starting this weekend, maybe at 19.99 for a 48-hour rental, uh, and then I think they also mentioned Trolls World Tour is going to release day and date digitally uh, in the same format, and then you know other companies are all talking about: Do we move stuff? Do we put it online? How do you feel about that? What like are you going to pay 20 bucks for a 48-hour rental? No. Yeah. No way. No way. What if it was... No, because I already... <clears throat> I literally just got last week my uh, Alamo victory, you know. Great timing, Andrew. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm thinking. Like, they better, like, postpone my payments and stuff. Well, they did that. I know. I got an email from AMC. I do the A-list one. And they said yeah. they're they're canceling any payments until theaters are back open. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I... I know this is horrible to say, and I shouldn't say it, but uh, whenever somebody I hear specifically me that they're going to charge 20 bucks for a rental, in my mind I'm going, oh, there's ways around that. Oh, there's yeah, way, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, so it's like, yeah, I, I, I understand the predicament you're in, and I would love to... Um, help out the uh, the uh, the production companies by actually you know paying for a movie but charging for 20 bucks for something that I normally would pay seven or eight bucks for and granted I know it's 48 hours so you can watch it multiple times but still it, the experience of going to the movies itself is what you also pay for so, I can't justify in my mind paying $20 to see a new release for I, something that I, I could own for 20 bucks down the road. That's my thing. Here, here's my thing. I think that that price point is not too far off when you consider uh, their perspective, right? Now, from our perspective, we look at it and go, 20 bucks. Um, but from their perspective, you know, if you, if you have a 48-hour rental and you have a family of five, and you all sit down to watch the movie, you know, that right there, yeah. you know, should have been more like 40, 45 to 50 bucks, right? So yeah. it's it's kind of one of those things where I get why they set it there, but I feel like if they're going to charge you 20 bucks even for a 48-hour rental, then when the digital, like, official release comes later, you should already own it. Like, that's, I, I feel like yeah. that's that's something maybe they could do. Um, to make it make more sense for the consumer, because I think most people are going to be like you. I think most people are going to be look at that twenty dollars and go, "No, not worth it." You know, there's, yeah, um, yeah I just it's, I and I I'm not I'm not going to do it. I mean, my entire monthly budget is twenty dollars. You know, so and that covers going to as many movies as I want to. Um, which I, I guess brings me to my second question, which is. Is this going to hasten the death of the movie theater? Like, is there ever are they going to be able to put this genie back in the bottle? No, I think that movie theaters are still safe. I think that the actual movie going experience is worth its payment. You know, going, seeing that big screen, the audio quality of the movie theater, I think that that's 
really what you're paying for. For for a lot of movies, anyway. If you were to go and see a movie like, uh, what was that Robert Redford movie where he was stuck out in the ocean by himself? Lost. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah, Lost at Sea or Lost, lost or, or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's not a movie, that's just an example of a movie you really wouldn't be paying, like, you know, to go and see in the movie theater, because you got to have that big screen quality and the sound and everything like that. You you, you want that experience for something like Avengers, or uh, uh, even some of the movies we're going to be talking about today. You know, I just wonder if the the distribution companies, if the, if the um, production companies themselves are going to find what they're going to find, first of all. And if they're going to find that, well, why am I going through a third party and giving some of my money to a third party when I have the ability to distribute to people who want to see the movie um, and I can keep it all? You know, like I just wonder if they're going to start considering the idea that maybe there's only a few movies they release to theaters and everything else they just do a... A digital release. I mean, Netflix has been doing this for for a couple of years now. They don't put stuff in theaters usually, uh, and only usually if they want them to be eligible for awards, right? So, um, you know, there's the, that Spencer Confidential movie that just came out on Netflix, and then there's another one this week, and they're releasing like over a hundred movies this year. Um, I just, I, w- I just wonder if if the uh, the other companies will be like, hmm, maybe this is the long term play, and maybe we should start doing this more. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see how the chips fall, you know. But uh, I have my prediction. Not that I'm particularly well known for my predictions, <laughs> but uh, I uh, I think that movie theaters are going to be safe. I hope movie theaters are going to be safe. Yeah, I I'm not as confident as you. Um, I I wonder. I, I feel like there there will always be a place for big experiences. And I think the movie theater is going to have to figure out what that looks like uh, for them. They become more of an amusement park in some ways, right? Like it becomes more about Mm. the experience and the ride. And there are just some movies that don't necessarily fit that, you know, award season doesn't necessarily fit that. So I think long-term those kind of movies will probably just be digital releases. Um, That's my guess at least. That's right. It's all Martin's fault. Amusement parks, remember? (laughs) That's right. That's all I'm saying. Is Scorsese's right. That's all. That's all I'm Scorsese's saying. Scorsese's right. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. So that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Uh, all right. Let's move on and talk about uh, actual movies that were in movie theaters there for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's start off with some Bloodshot. Memories are made of this. What is this place? I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but you got yourself killed. At RST, we'd rebuild the most important assets in the U.S. military. Soldiers like yourself. You're the first who we've successfully managed to bring back. But improved, enhanced. With the technology in your veins, you have an army inside you. That will not only make you stronger, it will heal you instantly. After he and his wife are murdered, Marine Ray Garrison is resurrected by a team of scientists enhanced with nanotechnology. He becomes a superhuman biotech killing machine, Bloodshot. As Ray first trains with fellow super soldiers, he cannot recall anything from his former life. But when his memories flood back and he remembers the man that killed both him and his wife, he breaks out of the facility to get revenge, only to discover that there's more to the conspiracy than he thought. Uh, Bloodshot is based on a comic book uh, that is neither Marvel nor DC. Uh, my first Valiant. question: Valiant Comics. Uh, have you read the Bloodshot comics at all, Andrew? I have not. I am familiar with them because actually, a lot of people don't know this. Besides Marvel and DC, Valiant has the biggest comic universe out of any other publication. What else is there? You are think- there other Valiant comics that I would know? Uh. Sh- no. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some I barely know, but uh, uh, definitely Bloodshot is the uh, the big one. But uh, I'm trying to think of any others that could just pop off the top of my head. Uh, no. All right, that's really. fair. No, no, no worries. That's that's fair. Um, all right, what do you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? 
Uh, it's not a good movie, but I'm still going to say it's okay. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say I hated it, but I sure am close to saying I hated it. I'm just going to go with the strong dislike. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's not I, a good movie. No. No. I was so bored during most of this movie. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, and I, I try to put my finger on it, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the movie could have done some really interesting things that it just does not seem like the movie is interested in doing. Um, because there are, uh, and I, I don't know that we wanted necessarily, I don't know. Do we want to do a Sif spoil on bloodshot? Not really. I, I think save that for the hunt. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't really want to spend a lot of time. Um, so I, I guess what I'll just say is that this is built on an interesting idea that uh, that the movie just is not excited about exploring. It's much more... The movie just seems like it wants to do action and fight scenes and action movie cliches and then not do those very well instead of actually wrestling with some interesting thought experiments or, you know, interesting world building. It just, it just doesn't want to do that stuff. It's like the movie thinks it's smarter than it really is. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you got any pros at all, though? You know, I think that my only pro would be that there's some interesting meta stuff, you know, during the first part of this movie. But it, again, it doesn't go anywhere, and so it's hard to really call it a positive. Um, so no, no, I don't really have any positives because even the action stuff is, <laughs> is is just cut to smithereens. It's hard to follow. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I just, I didn't enjoy any of this. Yeah, that's fair. I thought some of the action was fun. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's nothing compared to some of the high caliber action sequences that we've seen in movies recently. But for a movie that... Uh, allow me to turn off my brain and go, <laughs> booms. I love big booms. And I saw a couple. And I didn't have to think about this movie. It was just relaxing. It's one of those movies for me personally that makes me go, I saw it. I never want to see it again. But I'm okay with the fact that I saw it. Mm. Which, yeah. which doesn't sound like a, a glowing recommendation. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, but if if this was a movie that was on TV, I'd be like, you know what, I'll I'll, I'll check out that one action sequence again. But uh, other than that, no, the story is so cliched, and the movie thinks it's it's throwing like curveballs at you and stuff. And like, you know, I I I called every single thing that was oh, going to happen in yeah. this movie. But the movie treats it like oh. But you didn't see this coming. And in the back of my head, I'm going, yeah, yeah, I did. It's it's pretty obvious. Um, There's this other part, you know, about the movie's own, you know, self-satisfaction. Like, there's an entire action, quote-unquote, scene that takes place in uh, flour. You know, baking flour. Oh, I and, mean, why? And it's like the movie. The, the, it starts with this shot of Vin Diesel like stomping through the flower, and it's like, is this an SNL parody? Like, what is going on? It's I. This movie, yeah. No, yeah. This movie, uh, it sets up like why of all things. I wonder how long this movie would have been if they cut all the slow motion out of it to right. just a regular time would this be a 30 minute movie possibly yeah uh performance wise vin diesel is vin diesel um you know toby kebble is fun for you know the part that he's in <laughs> uh guy pierce is like a typecast at this point right i'm i mean haven't we seen him do this yeah, before i know um and yeah, then uh, almost exactly uh, then Lamorne Morris, uh, the the guy that's from New Girl, um, maybe maybe the the shining light of this cast, uh, just because he was allowed to have, I think, a little more fun than everybody else, and I did laugh at a few of a uh, few of his moments. But um, I didn't get the reason for the accent, though. Why? Because <laughs> he wanted to. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, also, one more thing. I just thought of uh, flowers flammable. 
So <laughs> that whole sequence should have just been a big fireball. <laughs> right? There you go. So, yeah. That's true. Uh, so yeah, so performance wise, I didn't, re- you know, really dig it all that much. Um, you know, moment wise, like I-, I think of, I'm trying to remember. There's the one of the bad guys ends up with like a, you know, Doctor Octopus suit uh, towards the end. His character, yeah. his character is so over the top, dumb, stupid, bad guy. The entire thing that I almost, yeah, just I was rolling my eyes nonstop at that character. Yeah, I, I was I literally, he was the next thing I was going to bring up. Like, he has a, such a high disdain for Vin Diesel that is never explained right. or given any reason. He's just, I hate him. Why? Because I'm the bad guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, ugh, why is this movie just hitting every single trope and thinking that it's something brilliant and new? He even has like a one, I, and I guess these are minor spoilers. I'm just not going to worry about it. But he even has a uh, uh, like a co-member of his team that I think maybe we're supposed to feel for, like feel empathy for. Like he he almost this other member of the team almost uh, feels like he you know he knows what he's doing is wrong, but you know he's struggling with it or whatever. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that I, ne- man, I yeah, just call him. <laughs> yeah, that never goes anywhere with that character. That character has no resolution, and his own teammate basically throws a one-liner at him when he kills it. Like it's just like, what's yeah. he? I think he says something like, "Well, I told you, you should have held on, or something like." Should have held on. Uh, this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna change my. Rating. I'm gonna go down to dislike it, but I'm still okay with the fact that I saw it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anything else you want to talk about uh, with Bloodshot? Uh, sorry, Valiant Comics, you got off to a rocky start. Do you want to see more of this this world? Even no. You know, I no, I, not really. It's salvageable if you completely like scrap it and start over. I mean, you could even use Vin Diesel and uh, Lamorne uh, uh, Morris um, if you wanted to kind of to start uh, start over with those guys and just do something completely different. But that's the other thing. The movie is just it, the other thing it's not interested in is the mystery of this character. This character has a central mystery to them that the movie doesn't even want to explore. Yeah, it's uh, it's such a waste, such potential to set up a uh, a cool cinematic universe. But uh, yeah. yeah, and I'm even going through a uh, Valiant's character list right now, and I'm like, would anybody know? <laughs> Have you ever heard of the comic Vincent Van Gogh about a <laughs> painting goat? I mean, that no, one Andrew. is right up your alley. No, with I puns. haven't. That's pun written all over. That's great. Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is all it, right, yep. Is it uh is that a uh a, a brother character to uh Rambrandt? Oh man, you are good. <laughs> right off the top of your head throwing that out. Uh, uh all right, let's move on to the hunt, shall we? Okay. Let's do it. What is happening? What is all of this? Did you see that article? Every year, these liberal elites kidnap a bunch of normal folks like us and hunt us for sport. The last I heard, free speech still exists. Don't First Amendment me. It wasn't real. Everybody get out of here! We were joking. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. In the shadow of a dark internet conspiracy theory, ruthless elites gather at a remote location to hunt humans for sport. Uh, This was originally set to come out last year. Um, I believe there was, I think there was a tragic shooting of some sort, and so they delayed it. Uh, And then it comes out, and then the theaters go dark. So uh, it's an interesting story for The Hunt. Um, it yeah. is written by uh, Damon Lindelof and Nick Cuse, who's Carlton Cuse's son. Um, and, of course, Carlton Cuse and da- Damon Lindelof did Lost together. 
So it's got them behind it, and uh, I'm curious, Sandra, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I didn't like it. Andrew did not like it. Andrew, I kind of love this movie. I had a feeling. I kind of love this movie, and it's not the type of movie I would usually love, but I had so much fun with this movie. I think that I think the main reason for me is that the satire is so sharp and so pointed and so balanced that it makes fools of us all in some really funny ways and kind of I think brings to attention how ridiculous we all sound when we argue about some things. Um yeah. and to me that is then emphasized by what I thought was a really fun and surprising ride. Uh, The ride itself through this movie shocked me several times, surprised me several times, and it's just, it is, it is glorious, glorious, you know, it is just, it's one of those movies (laughs) that's, that's just like uh, over the top violence and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I had a great time. Oh, cool. Well, uh, start off with uh, your biggest pro for the movie then. Uh, Betty Gilpin. I think she's phenomenal in this. Um, I loved that performance from her. Uh, it's so different than what you're used to seeing with uh, a heroine in this kind of movie. And, uh, and there, are just, there are just some moments where, you know, th- the idea you get is that this character is the kind of character that has this in them, but never gets to exercise it in their real life. And and so she's just kind of living it. It's kind of like she's living the dream and the nightmare at the same time. Uh, and mm. I don't know. I found it to be a fascinating performance. Yeah, I thought sometimes she was a little too over the top. Like, uh, I know this movie is supposed to be over the top. I should state that first. I, I get that. Right. That everything is an extreme. But even then, I had a difficult time, you know, with a lot of these characters. Uh, honestly, I think for me, the best performance in the movie is Hilary Swank. I thought she did a phenomenal job. Okay, we don't so, see enough of her nowadays. So this is interesting to me, right? Because if you had said this to me uh, right after we saw the movie, I would have said, that's a spoiler, right? Because according what? to the movie, that's hidden until like the last act that it's Hilary Swank. Right? Oh. But it's in the trailer. Uh, yeah. That's so I, weird I, I to me. I had no idea that it was a spoiler. I mean, she's number two on the cast list on IMDb, so. I know. I, I Listen, I understand. I get it. It's not a spoiler. It's obviously not a spoiler. So why is the movie hiding her face for 75% of the movie? Because I think that we have to keep remembering that we are in a very sparse or not sparse but a minute a miniature miniaturized version of the public that goes online to look up who's in a movie some people just like oh let's go see this movie and then like halfway through like oh that's hillary swank i remember her from million dollar baby yeah it's like it's like it's holding a trump card of some sort for forgive the satirical pun uh it's it's holding this trump card and is like haha we got an oscar you know winner to play in our silly little uh satire movie i don't know it's it's strange to me that that's given away in the marketing materials yeah um i i want to here's my biggest uh complaint with the movie sure uh and uh I'm sure that everybody has a a retort for what I'm about to say. But I go to the movies to escape what I call the extremes. Like there's the extreme left or the extreme right, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're just inundated with this day in and day out of these opinions coming at you left and right. I went into this movie... And it's a movie about the extreme left and the extreme right. It's like, for me, it just wasn't the escape I was wanting. Like, yes, it's a movie about crazy explosions and body parts flying everywhere and stuff. But there's there's enough of that mentality of each, you know, caricature getting sprinkled every now and then. I'm like, oh, I just don't want to hear this right now. So maybe for me, it was just that mindset. I'm like, I don't want to hear this. But... 
for some people, I can see how they could think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so ridiculous, it's not realistic. Right, and, and again... Kind of like a Tarantino movie. Go ahead. Kind of like a Tarantino movie. Sure, sure. Um, you know, the difference with this one and Tarantino, I, I think, or the Tarantino uh, movies are meant to t- tell a story where the violence emphasizes the actual emotion of the story or the gut reaction of the story. Whereas this is using that over-the-top violence to uh, point to make pointed satire, which is, again, kind of like where you take something to the extreme so we can realize how ridiculous it sounds. The example that, that's always used with what satire is is, um, oh, I just slipped my brain. I forget what it's called, but it's, it's about... Um, Oh, it, uh, I totally, totally forgetting. But anyways, there's there's this thing with satire where you take something to its extreme and then you can kind of uh, realize how ridiculous we all sound. And I think this movie does uh, a great job at that. Plus, for me, the other thing I really liked about it, I think the action is well done. There's a fight scene in this that I thought was spectacular. Um, there's moments of uh, really funny humor uh in this for me there's uh there's moments of i think i mentioned surprise and we can talk about that more in spoilers um yeah i just i i don't know this movie was just clicking for me it really was working well good i'm always happy whenever a movie that i don't appreciate is uh finds a home i guess you could say with yeah yeah um anything else you wanted to uh to to talk about uh with this one yeah, neither of these movies have post credit scenes. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I really don't have much to say about either of them, which I know is kind of my job. But uh, for me, both of these movies were very unremarkable mm. in different ways. In different ways, obviously. If I had to see one of these movies again, I still would probably see this one mm-hmm. because I think the acting is better, and I think that while the story is ridiculous i think that it's obviously way better constructed than bloodshot uh and the performances like i said like especially especially hillary swank just really good yeah yep um i had a good time with it uh i thought all the performances uh when they were there were good um I, again, I come back to a lot of the things that I would come back to, to, to praise the movie for, I kind of have to wait till spoilers. Um, just because I think they are things that, you know, I don't want to give away for somebody who hasn't experienced it yet, especially if you're considering, you know, paying 20 bucks for a 48 hour rental. No, because guess what? It'll be, it'll be available this weekend. So there you go. Yep. Uh, you want to move on to the best ever challenge? Let's do it. This is going to be my bread and butter right here. <laughs> You're right. You're not kidding. Uh, we are going yeah. to do best ever non-Marvel or DC comic book movies. Uh, so these are movies based on comic books that did not come from the Marvel or DC library. And uh, let's go from number five to number one. Andrew, why don't you start us off? Edge of Tomorrow. Nice. Do you got a higher? I do. Okay. Trump. <laughs> uh, I guess my number five will be Atomic Blonde. Oh, very good. It was in by honorable mentions. Yeah, I really like this movie. I need to go back and watch this movie. I Charlize has a way of making everything better. You know, she just she elevates her material, but this movie I really think had a lot of interesting things to say about the spy genre in particular and um and is really uh it really does the kind of the gender swap thing better than I've I've seen other movies do it, where the um, it, it really feel feels like Charlie's spy is just a spy, not a spy. Oh, but a woman. But this is just an amazing you know kick butt spy, um, which is something I really appreciated about the the movie. So I need to go back and watch it again. But I really like Atomic Blonde. Yep. And there's that one like extended fight scene down the stairwell that is just so good. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the action yeah. in it is great. Yep. All right, so my number four. Yep. Dread. Yeah, I had it my honorable mentions. Man, I 
I'm not gonna lie, I love this movie. I love this movie so much. Uh, just the way that the world is set up and how uh, Carl Urban just so perfectly embodies this character. And uh, it, this movie came such a long way from uh, the Sylvester Stallone one from uh, 95, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this it, this movie or this movie definitely encapsulates kind of it's kind of like America's response to the raid if you think about it, you know this big tower and you got to go through the different levels to get to the big bat at the top, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Yeah, you know, in in also in many ways, um, it is uh, similar to the hunt too. Like, there's a real satirical edge to it you know about um kind of modern society and where it's heading and and those kind of things so uh yeah oh yeah the dystopian future mm-hmm. yeah 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 good choice nice. uh my so number your number four my number four is one that uh i didn't know was based on a comic uh and i don't think a lot of people know was based on a comic um and that's men in black yep that's in my honorable mentions I uh, I was really surprised to hear that that was based on a comic book, and but it fits the category, and so I will use it. Uh, the original Men in Black, I think, at this point, may be an underrated movie. I, I think people, if you kind of have uh, gone with some of the sequels, the later sequels, you kind of forget how much fun and how interesting this first movie really was. Um, and oh, yeah. A lot of that has to do with Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. They're just great together. Um, but it's also, you know, so much more about how it saw kind of the idea of aliens among us and the sense of humor that it did it with. Uh, yeah, I love Men in Black. Yeah, I think that the original gets tarnished by all of the different sequels and just how bad all the sequels are, that people will forget just how special that first one is. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, my number three, uh, uh, fittingly, it's 300. Yeah, that was one of my honorable mentions as well. Man, 300, that is just one of the perfect guy movies, if you, you can use that cliche mm -hmm. or that trope. Like, just machismo, everybody just fighting. It's all grit. And if you think about the movie, um, people say that it's ridiculous and over the top. You have to realize that the movie is being told from the perspective of one of the soldiers, he's telling the story to all of the other Spartans back home to tell them like how great our king fought and how great our soldiers were. So it being over the top is actually pretty fitting considering that's how people from the time and even still today retell uh, stories of great heroism. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a uh, visually stunning movie. Um, just the visuals in it. Talking about the abs, the three hundred abs. Those those are some great abs. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I. <laughs> yes. Indeed. All right. Uh, my number <laughs> All right, two. Your number three. Uh, oh yeah, my number three. Let's let's. Oh, your number two. No, no, no. Let's not skip my number three. Uh, my number three is the mask. Yep, that's some honorable mentions too. Jim Carrey. Um, doing like his Jim Carreyist. Uh, he is. Uh, oh yeah. He's he's going full crazy in this, and it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. All right. So now my number two. Yes. Uh, old boy. I thought you'd probably bring up old boy. Woo! It's a messed up movie, man. But yeah, it's it super is. Super good. Just that whole. I think the best scene that you can like if you want to get people to see that movie is to show them that hallway fight with a hammer and all those guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like one of the best choreographed fight scenes ever. And I assume you're talking about, that... I assume you're talking about the original, not the remake. Yes, definitely. The Korean version is mm -hmm. the one I'm talking about. Yeah. But the way that that's choreographed, how it's like set up to where it looks like uh, old classic 2d Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, you know, it's like people coming from the sides and stuff like that. It's it's just a very well shot and constructed movie. 
and the story's fascinating, and the twist at the end, uh, it just makes you feel all the different emotions that you can. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That's a, that's a tough watch, but, um, yeah. but it is well made for sure. Yeah. Number two for you? My number two, I think, is probably your number one. I'm guessing. Probably. Um, my number two is Scott Pilgrim versus yep. the world. Yep, that's my number one. Yeah. Um, so my number five was your number one then. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is my number one. Let's talk about Scott Pilgrim first, and why don't you go ahead and talk about it? It's one of the funniest movies ever, and the comic is just as funny. And there's a lot of stuff in the comics that they obviously couldn't fit into the movie. So as much as I want to, you know, praise the movie for how well Edgar Wright did, I still want to champion that people really need to go and listen to this or I mean not listen but read that comic series cuz it's just so good. It's so ridiculous. This movie is so ridiculous, but it's such a unique and brilliant story of how if you want want to date a girl, you have to fight her ex-boyfriend or exes, her seven evil exes. Mm-hmm. Got to be specific with that. And how each one of them shows a different characteristic and attribute that uh, Scott finds within himself. Everything is perfectly well acted. A lot of the um, the exes in this movie are actually superheroes from other movies. Yeah, like you got Captain America. You've got. Uh, who is some of the other ones? Oh, you have the Punisher in this. Mm-hmm. You got Superman. It's oh, this movie's just so funny. The vegan police is like one of my favorite things in movies ever. You know, it I need makes to, me laugh every time. Yeah, I need to watch this movie again. It has been too long. Um, yeah, I, I, it's been long enough that some of the things you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, because I just I haven't seen it in a long time, so I need to go back and watch yeah. it again. Now, I can't recommend it enough. Obviously, it's my number one. But you're number one. Speaking of watching things over and over again, uh, it hey. is Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's going to top my list. And what's interesting about this movie is how much I love it, even though how much I hate the ending. Um, yep. And I think it says something about how great this movie is that as so not on board... Uh, as I am for the ending of this movie. I think the ending of this movie is just ruins so much uh, that I that I still love this movie because it's just such a great yeah. experience up until then. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's not only clever and interesting and does the Groundhog Day thing so well. It's also well acted. Um, Cruz is so great in this movie. His response to what's going on is is just so perfect. And um, Emily Blunt as well. Yeah, I just I really dig this movie. Yeah, it's something where you have to have a high caliber actor and actress to pull this movie off because if you get somebody who is over the top because the the premise of this movie is kind of ridiculous, but if you get somebody who knows what they're doing and appreciates like what's exactly happening and they make it feel real like Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt do, then that's what elevates this movie from something that would just normally be portrayed as ridiculous to something that's actually fascinating. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Uh, the manga, for those of you who are curious, is called All You Need Is Kill. All You Need Is Kill. Yep. It's a Beatles song. People people don't, yep. know, people don't know that. All You Need Is Kill. Uh, all right, what about honorable mentions? What do you got? I got a bunch. <clears throat> so, Akira, mm-hmm. which is old Japanese. Actually, it might be like one of the most famous Japanese animes, but it's based off of a manga. Um, a movie that I think is underrated, and it's one of my favorite comic characters, so that might be my bias. That's The Shadow with mm. Alan Baldwin. Mm-hmm. I love that comic series, and in turn, I really like that movie. Oh, nice. Um, Kingsman, The Secret Service, based off comic books. Uh, Snowpiercer. Yep, definitely had that one listed. Yep. Uh, The Rocketeer. Yes. Disney's movie. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Can't not love that movie. And then one that was so close, so close to making my top list, Alita Battle Angel. 
Oh, I didn't even think about that one. I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that was based on a comic book. Manga. Yep. It's nice. manga. Yeah, I love it. Um, let's see what else. Kickass. Uh, Hellboy. Um, The Crow. Oh uh, yeah, The Crow. Sin City. Uh, Ghost World. I don't like Sin City. And Adventures of Tintin. That would be my final one. Yep, I I almost, uh, but I haven't seen an Adventures of Tintin. So oh, it's so good. They put it on there. It's so much fun. Is it one of those where I kind of missed the mark and I should have seen it in theaters, you know, to appreciate? No, I mean, listen, I don't know. I I I dig it because it's the kind of movie I dig. I it a lot of people didn't see it, so there's probably a reason that for true. that. Um, yeah. so I don't know. But if you do see it, let me know, because I'd love to have your thoughts. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, I was bummed because I think originally they were going to have like Peter Jackson and Spielberg and uh, somebody else were going to like trade off and do like three different Tintin movies, um, and it just never got past the first one. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yep. So I was bummed. Yeah. Um, okay. There you go. There's our best ever challenges. Hey, before we get to the buried treasure, just a reminder, if you want to support Sif Pop, you can do that at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Support starts three bucks a month. Comes with some fun perks, um, including for the next few weeks, maybe choosing the reviews that we do. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Uh, You know, everything's subject to change in these changing times. Uh, But if you want to check it out, go to Patreon.com slash Sif Pop. All right. What do you got for your buried treasure this week, Andrew? Well, I'm going to do a buried treasure that forces people to stay inside. (laughs) I'm going to go with a computer game, or it's actually on consoles too. It's called DC Universe Online. You know me. I love the DC Universe. And in here, it's a giant MMORPG where you can create your own superhero and drop them into the DC Universe. So you can hang out with people like Batman, Superman, The Flash, Fate, all of them. And uh, it's surprisingly, it's free. Like, it, it's shocking how much you get out of a free game. Um, but yeah, it's not like on the scale of like World of Warcraft or anything like that. But it's so fun. Actually, I think some of the most fun you can have is actually just creating different superheroes and stuff. Yeah. Or you can create a super villain too. That's also a section you can do. Fun. So, yep. I highly recommend it. Again, DC Universe Online. You know, maybe we should change for the time being uh, Buried Treasure, and we should call it Isolation Recommendation. Hey, there you go. So, Aaron, what is your isolation recommendation? My isolation recommendation is to catch up on Better Call Saul. Uh, which I think uh, is on Netflix, uh, the seasons before this season, and then, of course, is on uh, AMC uh, for this season, and is so good. It is so good, and I'm enjoying this season so much. Uh, it's unlike anything else on television. Uh, it is so patient with its storylines. It lives in these moments in such a beautiful way that you really start to to feel like you're in the same world as these characters. Uh, I've just been blown away uh, by what they're doing with this show. And as it comes closer and closer to the beginning of Breaking Bad, it gets more and more interesting. And I think the show's done such a great job at not winking at the audience so much that it just feels like a cheap trick. But at the same time, giving you those pieces of what you need to know how it connects to the bigger Breaking Bad universe uh, in meaningful ways. So I'm just having so much fun with Better Call Saul that I figured I'd I'd mention it again. Yeah. I have a theory about how the show is going to end. I think the show is going to end with him getting kidnapped by White and Jesse. You know, the first time we're introduced to that character Mm -hmm. whenever they kidnapped yeah. him. I think that that's how the show is going to end with him getting the hood thrown over his head. Yeah, like well, him getting dragged away. It's fascinating because there are uh I've recently watched that episode, the Better Call Saul episode of Breaking Bad. And when he is kidnapped, he says a couple things like, you know, is this about Lalo or is this, you know, such and such and they've now introduced those characters into Better Call Saul 
And so, yeah, I think we're, we're heading that direction to where when they kidnap him, he thinks it's about whatever is about to happen in the better call Saul universe. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting. I think it will end after breaking bad though. Like I think we may get up to that moment and then I think we will, cause the beginning of the seasons has all oh, been, yeah, yeah, has all been ahead in time. Right. So I think that's eventually where we'll end. But, um, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But who knows? Huge, huge recommendation. Well, we did it, man. We did, we did a, yeah, we did a remote podcast. <laughs> yeah, it can work. I don't know how the audio quality on my <laughs> end is going to sound, but, uh, well, I'm just playing off a little cheap headset mic. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It should be fine. As long as people can understand us, we should be good. Thanks so much for joining us today. For Sif Pop, it is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for putting the show together. Much love and gratitude. <laughs> Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash sifpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Please leave a comment, a rating, a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this. Uh, you can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than making a good grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, we will be back uh, with something or other in the coming weeks, and we will see you then. <laughs> yeah. Something or other Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.